0: To the podcast in conversation with IPR and competition law. I'm Aditya Trivedi, founder and head of the competition law team of the podcast, and your host.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Rikam Patel, the co head for the competition law uh, competition team for the podcast, and your co host for this particular episode. In this podcast, discuss competition law of the, the lawyers and the conditions as a place from all across the past
0: Let's welcome our esteemed guest for today's episode, Dr. Christophe Carugati, Affiliate Fellow at Bruegel on Digital and Competition Law Issues. The topic for today's discussion is Digital Markets Act and Competition Law Issues. Introducing Dr. Christophe to all of you. As I said, he is an Affiliate Fellow at Bruegel on Digital and Competition Issues. And he holds a Doctor in Law and Economics on Big Data and Competition Law from Paris University a master in law economics from the european master economics EMLE, university of bologna hamburg and vienna from x Marcel university and a double bachelor in law and economics from two- next his Second research focuses on the adoption of competition law economic and the regulation of platforms
1: mr christoph also teaches competition law seminar at Lille university of Before joining Broyden, he was a senior the policy analyst at technology, 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 technology Think Tank, the Center for Data Innovation, where he worked on digital issues. He also happens to have some experience in practicing competition law in the context of internships in various law firms in Paris. Thank
0: and you so, so much, sir, for joining with us.
1: Let's start.
2: Thank you very
0: much. So for firstly, asking man. to you. The most welcome to the podcast. Let's starting the conversation. We would like to ask. Digital, digital markets, market, act, especially when it was enacted to target. The bigger sharks in the market. Was it successful in creating a higher. In the European digital market. What's your viewpoint?
2: So thank you very much for the invitation. So you, you know the DMA has been adopted in July 2021, so it's done, there's no things to do anymore. And uh, except on the of course, and the objective will be to ensure contestability and fair market in the digital sectors, uh, especially regarding some um, platform, um, the, larger, the largest one. I think there's a lot of things. know and uh, so it will focus only on uh, two companies company in a specific uh, segment called core platform services so it will be a uh, basically search engine advertising uh, operating system and good provider uh, among others uh, and uh, that's it so this is the main objective it would be to ensure more basic competition uh, in this fair to exempt the rules. So this means that uh, this company will not need to have uh, antitrust investigation. They will have to comply uh, before the fact uh, which the rule that the DNA will, uh, will mandate.
1: Okay, thanks for an insightful view on this. Like, we really hope the DMA brings in something new to the table. The digital markets, which is very a focus. So, with respect to the digital markets, the concept of gatekeepers has been a hot topic. DMA. Identification of
2: gatekeepers. this. So, the identification of gatekeeper would be the most challenging issue at the beginning of the DMA because, as you know, the first step would be to design to define the gatekeepers. And it will be based on three presumption on three cumulative criteria. The first one would be on the turnover, the second one on market cap, the second one would be on the core platform services, and the third one would be on the number of users um, and business users. Okay, and um, the question would be, which core platform services file within the scope of the DMA? So let's take an example with Google. So you may think that Google uh, has a core platform services uh, in chat engine. Okay, that's maybe a fact, but you may not have a core platform services, for example, the cloud uh, computing services. So uh, the company may not challenge the fact that it uh, is dominant in one corporate platform services, such as may challenge the fact that it as much top proper services in the receptor. Like that, you can stop the DMA for, for a long time. Before the courts will say, oh, you are also a proper service in the same.
0: Thank you, sir. And thank you for the illustration and also explaining about the gatekeepers and its inclusion in DMA, how the viewpoint of DMA deals with gatekeepers. The commission, the next question would be that the commission has not released yet the list of companies that will be identified as gatekeepers. However, it covers eight different sectors, also known as the core platform services, CPS, uh, as identified gatekeepers. And what is your view on the new obligations for the identified gatekeepers and the certain sectors that are mentioned?
2: It it's really depends, so the um, DMA is really inflexible in a way that it's a, li- it's a list of um, really targeted obligation, and um, the Commission will be able to adapt them through a delegate act, but in the meantime, um, if you uh, say you have to do this, um, it doesn't explain how to do this okay and this means that a gatekeeper will comply with the rule as it is written but the way he comply may not be uh, the way uh, the commission expects that the gatekeeper will comply so at the end of the day you have a rule on the book but in practice the compliance may be different from uh, from what the commission expect Let's take an example which um, Google Play Store. So we know we have an issue in Europe, but also uh, around the world about uh, commission fees. So you know that um, Apple Store charge a commission fees of 30% to developers, 50 to 50 to 30% to developers, and some developers consider that this fees is abusive. Um, and so this is why we have the DMA to ensure that, uh, uh, that uh, um, Apple Store allow alternative payment um, and to bypass uh, the commission fees. But what's happened is that uh, Google uh, said uh, last week or two weeks ago uh, that it will allow third-party uh, 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 payment, so alternative billing, but they will have to pay commission fees of 27% uh, so at the end of the day Google will still have money here and above above that third-party um, devel- uh, developer will have not only if they want to use alternative payment they will have to uh, pay commission fees to Google but also pay uh, cost for uh, payment processing so they may pay more than which uh, the current situation of paying only to google and in that case it may not be compliance with uh, the dma but the dma only mandates that you have to lower third party uh, alternative payments but not uh, that you can uh, not impose commission fees so in practice google comply but the effect on competition may not be uh visible okay
1: thanks for such and we a have this issue yeah.
2: which all and we have this issue which basically a significant number of obligation in the DMA. Mm-hmm. right okay
1: so like that was such an insightful answer especially with respect to the concept of gatekeepers because like uh, preferably uh uh, priorly, to uh, b- uh, before the enactment of DMA, like which just happened on the 5th of July this year, the official ratification, the concept was very ambiguous as to what would be gatekeepers, what would be their functions, and also with respect to the gatekeepers which have already been latently formed without any regulations and the way they have been formulating policies for their own benefit. So, having a code of for their performance is certainly an added bonus. Also, with respect to the payment processing and payment methods, we're really uh, we all are aware of the fact that all across the globe, the uh, antitrust issues which have uh, arose because which have arisen because of the fact that Google Pay and Apple Pay maintain some sort of an exclusivity. So that was indeed. Absolutely. So coming uh, uh, coming back to the next question, generally, the law professionals in the European Union consider the combination of. Case-by-case case obligations present in Article 6, a, h, and i of the DNA. So, uh, uh, would the articles uh, would the articles would be a real game changer with respect to the access of data? Would, if you could provide views on, on that.
2: So, the question of access to data would be an example of how the gatekeeper will comply. Uh, because on article uh, 6 the Commission will be able to give uh, to specify uh, the obligation to the gatekeepers Um, so here I expect challenge and discussion between the gatekeepers and uh, the Commission on uh, what that access means exactly because uh, we'll have question on uh, which kind of data are we speaking about uh, the condition of access uh, the fees, any, I guess they will have fees, um, and um, other uh, questions related to privacy, for example, or security. And uh, this is something that the DMA as such doesn't love uh, because you want to be general. But by being general uh, and imprecise, at the end of the day, you create a uh, room for challenge.
0: Thank you, thank you so much sir for your answer with respect to the view of law professionals and also the article 6 AH and I of the DMA. The next would I would like to ask about the D- D- Digital Markets Act and the NCAS National Competition Authorities. Digital Markets Act states that the member states are prohibited from imposing and uh, imposing on gatekeepers further obligations by way of laws regulations or administrative actions for the purpose of ensuring contestable and fair market would you please explain the relationship of dma with national competition law enforcement in europe
2: so in europe you have two things you have uh, some member states are able to enforce national competition laws and european competition laws here we are speaking only about national competition law no european competition So we'll focus on the first one. So the DMA has two conditions if a member state wants to enforce its national competition laws. The first one is that you cannot enforce national competition law if you pursue the same objective of the DMA, namely contestability and fairness. And the second condition is that you cannot future further obligations on gatekeepers. So let's take the example with Germany. So you know that Germany has a DMA-like competition law, um, law. it's called Section 90A, and this regulation has, this competition law, I'm sorry, has basically the same flavor of the DMA. First you have to design some companies, and then uh, the Bundeskatalmer, so the German competition authority will be able to impose uh, obligation, uh, I mean, interdiction here on uh, tooth companies, exactly like the DMA, except that the obligations are uh, more general. So it's a uh, non exhaustive list at the end of the day. And uh, what are the objectives of Section 90A? Uh, the first one is competitive and fairness. Uh, but uh, competition or competitiveness are strongly related to contestability is not the same things they are related but it's not the same things and fairness so the same concept of course so if there's a challenge one day and there will be a challenge will be on section 90a and they will try to argue to the courts for section 80a are exactly the same uh, concept um, the same objectives in the dma but Imagine the court say no, and I guess they will say no because uh, Germany will push out uh, for that. Uh, there will be the question of the further obligation what it means exactly. I don't know what it means. Uh, if uh, the Bundeskanzler Murat impose, um conditions that is more tailored to uh, a particular company is it further obligation i don't know um, so it would be interesting only the court can answer the question i'm sorry for that no sir
1: you need not be sorry that was collaborative answer and we obviously can understand the fact that having a central uh, piece of legislation for an entire union and having a separate legislation for the uh, regulation of uh, competition law for a country which is a member of that union itself is a it's a hefty task, especially. I really uh, appreciate the uh, uh, Appreciate you mentioning Germany and the Federal Cartel Office, because in the past as well, we have seen some very diverging views coming out from the Federal Cartel Office, where they have even uh, like prohibited the narrow price parity clauses, whereas the other member states and even the European Union uh, under yeah, the European Commission.
2: It's, yeah. it's, it's happened one time. It was which was a, boot, mm-hmm. a booking hotel
1: exactly and exactly
2: I- I- if you look at the number of cases it was like less than one person when it's happened so the risk mm-hmm. is uh, at the end of the day is present but it's mm-hmm. limited
1: right perfect that uh, that's uh like uh, the credit goes to having the central TFEU because that's basically the heart and soul for the entire competition or anti-trust re- regulation in the entire party. So, thanks for such an elaborative answer. So, coming further, like, uh, what do you think uh, would be the future main? Ta- what would what would you think that the future main targets would be of this new legislation, the DMA? Like, and why could the particular targets be there? So, do you have any uh, insights uh, on that? But, but, but targets? You mean firms? Yeah, exactly, firms or companies who could be specifically targeted by the DMA.
2: Uh, so we did an estimation uh, at Bruegel, uh, so based only on the two first criteria, namely the turnover or market cap and uh, the core platform services. So we estimate that basically 14 uh, companies would be under the scope of the DMA, which will be the famous GAFAM, Google, Facebook, Amazon and uh, Apple and Microsoft, um, and uh, other American companies such as uh, SAP or Salesforce, uh, Uber, um, Zoom can be on the scoop, and uh, uh, Verizon could be also on the scoop. Um, I don't have the other one on the list, uh, but uh, 14 companies basically. That's right. Thank you so much, sir.
1: But like uh, you working at Bridal and making such lists is obviously coming level having the list is indeed a beneficial step it works both the sides for protecting the companies and also for the respect of making their policies in line with what dma has to make them comply with. so aditya would come back to the next question yeah right next
0: question is with respect to the consumers as we know that there's an interesting interface of consumer law and competition law now how does the digital markets act the dma deal with the personal data of consumers what's the interplay of gdpr with the
2: act so the interplay between gdpr and the dma would be very interesting uh, because uh you know that some provision of the dma will lead to uh, data and including personal data here and we'll have um some legal challenges about which regulation will prevail. Uh, is it the DMA or is it the GDPR? So there is one thing for example about article 5 of the DMA uh, which prohibits uh, the gatekeeper from combining from combining data from different services. Okay, uh, and they cannot do it even if they, they have the user consent. Whereas the GDPR allows it uh, if uh, the user consent uh, to data combination. And yes, there will be a legal challenge on whether the GDPR, which is a fundamental right, prevails of the DMA. And uh, I don't have the answer yet, uh, because one can argue that the GDPR uh, protects fundamental rights, so users uh, have the right to say yes to data collection, uh, whereas the DMA is more about uh, the objective of protecting the market, uh, but uh, it depends what the court would say. But the court may argue, yes, but uh, uh, the fundamental right of privacy uh, prevails over the structure of the market. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but it will be super interesting to follow this.
1: Yes, indeed. Especially with respect to both of the legislation having the basic intent to protect the consumers in the digital sphere so it will indeed be interesting and especially to see how do these two legislations complement each other in order to regulate the digital markets in the best possible way so coming back last question which we have for this conversation the most significant part of the dma is that it seeks to regulate self-preferencing so what is self-preferencing and how does the regulation affect that
2: uh, so exactly, the DMA has some provision about self-preferencing, that is true. Um, and uh, so it means that uh, the platform will not be able to promote their own services of a rival. Um, and uh, again, uh, it will be a matter of compliance, so how they will comply. Uh, and if you take the Google Shopping example, uh, so Google complied with the, commitment, uh, with the remedies imposed by the Commission, uh, which is to offer um, alternative, uh, which is to open uh, the Google Shopping box to uh, rivals. But some rivals say that is not compliance because they have to pay to be in the pay box. Uh, and so, it will all depend of uh, compliance here. And um, also, not all self-preferencing are necessarily bad, some are good. So, it will be a matter of interpretation for the Commission to identify uh, at what moment uh, the self-preferencing is good or bad, uh, not to uh, harm consumer at the end of the day.
1: that was uh, really insightful especially with respect to preferencing because uh, all across the globe uh, especially with respect to digital markets there are certain platforms which act as aggregators as we mentioned the hotel booking earlier as well. So they have a very large scope of self-preferencing or having preferential treatments or imposing price parity clauses in order to promote their favourable Partners or to promote themselves, so that is kind of interesting, and uh, we'll see how that pans out in the DMA. That is uh, that is to be seen by the interpretation reports, obviously. So once again, Dr. Tristo we'd be uh, we'd be thanking you, and we're extremely grateful to have you on this podcast, and we'll publish it shortly. Like that's all from our side, and we're really hopeful that the audience would like the particular discussion on the DMA, because it's particularly the newer topic and especially the European Union being the lead in imposing such regulations to regulate
0: the digital. Right, Gang. thank you so much, sir, for engaging with us on this very pertinent discussion on digital markets and allied competition or topics. We really hope to see you soon in our future podcasts as well on the related topics whenever you have time and we'll publish this shortly and we'll update you. Thank you so much, sir. Have a good day.
2: Thank you, you too. Thank you for the invitation. Bye-bye. Bye,